been doing your own movies for a couple years. Ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, okay. give or take. You can never believe what you read. Sometimes. Um, Um, you know, what, what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, polarize people. Count me in. Three, two, one. Wake up, Mr. West, Mr. West, <laughs> Mr. West. Aww. Yeah. Holy shit, guys. Aww. Before we, dun, before dun, we dun. started recording, George... George was telling me some insane shit. He was talking about a Lil Wayne song that he finds very sexy, and he said, it's secretive. <laughs> Dude, it's a highly secretive track. I almost... Lil, Lil Wayne raps about having a polo fit and wanting to take it off. Dude, it's... <laughs> polo t-shirt, polo draws. Now let me take this polo off. Holy shit. Amanda, how long has Amanda been gone for? It? Like 24 hours? <laughs> 48 hours i'm like she needs to come back dude i've i've managed in the in that time to nearly give myself trichinosis um that's when you undercook pork right <laughs> yeah so okay <laughs> let me tell you about you're almost dying from trying to feed yourself you're like i think these little wayne songs are really doing it for me actually i've just hit the because the symptoms start to show uh i think within like 48 hours so i've know. just hit the mark where like the symptoms <laughs> you, would be showing by now so and you I'm also saying... have a zombie bite on your neck but yeah. you're like that's unrelated <laughs> i think i'm clean I, th I think i'm clean i've passed the the period of uh concern uh... But uh, yeah, I was cooking like pork pork chops kind of for the right. for, for the first time or like who let him cook Dude. literally. <laughs> so I was like, what's the because like whenever Amanda's away, the thing that I always do is I always make food that she never eats. Mm, so right. so I try to find like I, I'll eat like I think last time she was away, I just ate an entire shrimp cocktail platter for one dinner. That's so dope. It was so good. <laughs> um, this time I bought tofu and tofu grace and uh, I bought pork pork chops and right so the first and then when i cooked the pork chops, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum a little bit um <laughs> i just threw them on the grill or not on the fucking grill the <laughs> I, I call my stovetop the, the grill <laughs> and when you say threw it on you did like hibachi style yeah like <laughs> yeah 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 i also call cupboards drawers sometimes drawers yeah, draws polo draws <laughs> Dude, that's how that's sometimes my fob side does come out a little bit where I'll call cupboards draws. I'll call right. I'll call them a stove top the grill. Yeah. Um so I grilled them up on the yeah. stove. Grilling. Yeah. Grilling grilling, grilling these meats. Grilling the meats. Zuckerberg style. And then I was like, and then after I finished cooking them, um, I was like, ah, let me just quickly like peruse. Like, how are you actually supposed to cook these? Like, I'm good, right? Yeah. And there were, and then it had all these specifications for like you gotta reach in 145. Fahrenheit degree temperature you need to use a meat thermometer mm -hmm. like this shit can give you trichinosis okay so if I can jump in I've never used a meat thermometer ever because I'm a man yeah and I just know and I'm just built different but yeah yeah I guess pork you do have to be careful to cook it to a certain temp I suppose I, I thought it was like beef like you just throw that shit on and fucking whatever you know well, if, if uh you know the worst case scenario you get a little food poise no problem wait sorry so you're talking about I just realized I'm also very hungover, folks. So George is the main <laughs> host today, and I'm a guest. Fair enough. So you're doing it on the stovetop. You're not cooking it in the oven. 
No, no, no. Oh, I am now seeing the issue that you might have run into. Yes. Because that's, I would say that's bold to prepare pork that way, perhaps. Okay, okay, yeah. Because I feel like every time I've ever eaten pork, it's been like cooking a whole pork shoulder in the oven or like in an instant pot or something. Yes. It's, you know, it's secure. It's snug. You know what? I I wouldn't have uh, thought that. You know, I, I wouldn't have guessed that about you. I, I thought mm. you would you would have been very cavalier with your meats mm. if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the bad boy of cooking pork. Turns out I'm the bad boy. Yeah, of, turns out you are of meats, dude. Yeah. I, so then <laughs> that shit nearly ended you. <laughs> yeah. So then I I got a little high too. So then so I was freaking myself out that mm. night. Like I'm gonna have trichinosis. But then I read a little bit more. Well. To be fair, I, I I saw a Cora question about this, and then like the top answer, thousands of upvotes. Yeah. So like you know you can trust it. Um, was probably from Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was like don't yeah this like trichino big trichinosis is trying to convince you that yeah. like this is still an issue. It's not like the worst thing that can happen is like you'll get fucking food poisoning. Right. Very low. I mean, there is a chance, but like since factory farming has like come right. into place and if you're buying your pork from just like a grocery store, yeah. There is virtually no chance. They're like you're the get less trick. ethically sourced your pork is, <laughs> the better your odds are of beating trichinosis. Correct. So uh yeah. So I'm I'm safe. I'm safe. We're good. And then I cooked tofu last night. Not bad. Not bad. And <laughs> did I'm- you get tofu noses? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah dude i got i I, and then i watched fucking um mr baseball i was telling you i was uh 1980s (laughs) tom Selleck. sounds like an anime just based on the title so i can like you're not picture in my mind the cover art of what mr baseball would be listen you're not if it's an anime you're not far off because it is about tom Selleck, a baseball player from the new york mets who's like having a hard season Mm. and so his coach sends him to japan to, to play for the dragons so he gets sent down basically to the miners yes right and uh and so he sort of at first he's very like resistant to to you know their ways of playing of course. baseball and i'm sure this movie in 1980 is very culturally sensitive towards the <laughs> japanese and uh doesn't make any jokes about Japanese stuff at all, right? Not at all. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure all of the their accents were were not yeah. exaggerated whatsoever. There's not a scene where Tom Selleck is given chopsticks and is like, "What am I, a homo, <laughs> dude?" <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a scene of him like he's at a family dinner and they're like slurping their, their noodles because mm. that's like the polite yeah. thing to do and he just, yeah it's totally fine to slurp your noodles there there's a very Which funny like. scene of him just like slurping an entire bowl like of noodles like out of the bowl just just comically anyway it's, it's, it, 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 it's fun it's fun that's but, actually put into me in various ramen bars in japan <laughs> well I was, I was thinking about you because one of the contention points like cultural contention points was like the Japanese players didn't want him to chaw on the field because they're like, you're disrespecting the field. Stop spitting on the field. And he kept spitting on Mm. the field. But then by the end, he actually won them over and they started spitting on the field. That's so dope, dude. I love that. I need to watch this movie. (laughs) Dude, he stood his ground. He kept kept spitting on the field. (laughs) If you want to watch Tom Selleck spit through his mustache onto onto a baseball diamond. Yeah, I guess you have to be... If you're dipping a lot, you have to be careful to like keep your mustache very trimmed. Oh, well, yes. also with a mustache, you need to make sure it doesn't encroach too much on your lip. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to have a, a line of separation. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> a wall, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm looking at your mustache right now. It's very evenly maintained. Thank you. Yeah. I just trimmed it this morning. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> like in preparation to pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's, you know, it's so unprofessional. What if my hairs bristle along the microphone? Um, I'm, That'll very, affect the audio quality. I'm very professional. So I finished watching the material we're about to discuss, like literally five minutes before you came over. Yeah. I was and t- I, I also took a walk down the block to pick up some LaCroix. Oh, so. Dude, I took a little walk this morning because I was out of peanut butter. I need my peanut butter in the morning. If I, if I, if I don't have my morning peanut butter banana bagel... <laughs> It's, I don't know, man. It, the, that just puts a damper the on The person on Quora was like, if you have trichinosis, trichinometry, you need to eat an entire container of peanut butter <laughs> to line your stomach. You're it, like, ah. <laughs> it's the anti-venom. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Well, I was telling you, I watched the material <laughs> we're about to watch last night. So, folks, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the Roll Doll collection. Yeah. The yeah. Wes Anderson Mr. West wrote uh, Roald Dahl uh, for short films. Yeah, he... using an ensemble of actors. It was delightful Dude. to watch something good. It was so good. <laughs> it and, was awesome. And like that came from a specific artistic sort of, you know, perspective, I guess. Like, like, like you know, obviously it's... Wes Anderson, you know. I feel like movies, it was it's Wes... a complete auteurs movie. It was like Wes Anderson on steroids. Ah, like it yes. was his everything about his style of staging blocking yeah you know narration within narration yes um uh, dialogue it was cranked acting. up to the max yeah, yeah. but uh I, I was so uh the the first three episodes were released uh yesterday and then they were going to release poison today on saturday yeah. and i was watching mr baseball until like 11 30 p.m and uh when it was finished i was like yo let me just stay up and wait for the new the uh, for uh <laughs> the last short film to drop so at literally at midnight i want I, I was the first person to to click on <laughs> the the short film when it came out at midnight which is so i don't know if i've ever done that stayed up to watch something on netflix that's crazy to tap in the moment it's unlocked the mo at midnight i've done that i think with some music before on spotify mm-hmm. um, me too yeah me too and i feel like i've also run into situations on spotify where like you think it's going to be released the next morning, but it somehow gets unlocked early. Yes. Um, but I think because maybe of the time differences, like maybe it gets released in the East Coast first. Yeah, and... maybe the artist has selected like the region they wanted to release at a given time. Yeah. And then like in your region, it's like, oh, this feels early. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was at the closing of Juice Bar in Gastown when you texted me. Like a kid who reminds the teacher, you didn't collect our homework. And you're like, there are more shorts. Because originally, I thought it was just the wonderful life wonderful life of Henry Sugar. The wonderful story? The, wonderful. the, the marvelous Miss Maisel. <laughs> Hold on. I'm checking. Anyway, the, the Henry Sugar one. The longest, which is about 40 minutes. And I'm like... Story, yeah, story. I'm like, oh, perfect. There's enough here to do a whole episode of our pod about. It'll be a short episode. And then you're like, nah, there are more. And I'm like... Fuck it, we gotta do them all. <laughs> yeah, because and aren't you glad that you? I them am all? glad. I'm very glad. Yeah, these, yeah. like I said, these were a delight. They're so good. Um, yeah. So while you were watching Mr. Baseball, I was, I was in like hipster purgatory because I was telling you I waited so long in that line it felt like seasons had elapsed. <laughs> I saw my life come and go. 
uh, I was with friend of the pod, Eric and his girlfriends. Um, so yeah, it's also funny when it's like a bar or a restaurant. It's like, this is our last day we're closing. And I was like, wait, so it's going to be more crowded and it's going to be the same price. Not that it was ever cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I was telling George, like there were multiple lines converging on the choke point of the doorway. And at one point I said to Eric, I feel like I'm at Ellis Island trying to like immigrate into a new life. <laughs> And at this point, I don't even care if they bastardize my last name and like give me an American name. Like, fuck it. Well, you'll do that to yourself, Pat Easton. <laughs> yes, he also made that joke. And I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's like none of the employees seem to really understand the sequence of the lines. Yeah. At certain points, the employees straight up ignored us when we tried to speak with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was a, a smash burger pop-up thing. But you know, this doesn't work like the normal world where it's obvious how you order. After waiting for hours in this line, snaking, once you get inside, you cross the threshold, you think you made progress, mm. you're still going to wait so long and still going to snake around oh, inside to like get a, up to the... It's like a motherfucking Disneyland ride. To dude. get up to a very informal table and the guy has like a card reader and a fridge full of wine. And you talk <laughs> to him. At no point did this man mention to us, would you like food? You order through me. <laughs> So we go back out. So we've been told earlier on, oh, the line you're in is fully being disbanded. This is the table line. You're not going to get a table. You need to be bounced back to the bottle line. We weren't <laughs> grandfathered in. He wasn't nice and like, oh, you can just head in and order a bottle and merge, you know? Yeah. It's not like a Lionsgate bridge merge. He's uh -huh. like back to the other line. <laughs> so we go in there. Lionsgate bridge. Yeah. <laughs> a zipper, if you will. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> when i think of merging i do think of the Lionsgate bridge so yeah it's like okay the patio is like thunderdome like uh, people are standing people are sitting it's <laughs> madness it's jam-packed right so yeah we finally get our bottles go back out to the patio manage to like muscle into the end of like a shared table and uh yeah then we realize oh if we want food here we'd have to wait for an indefinite period of time and it almost looked like the burger people were probably winding down or running out of burgers so yeah. it's like fuck this <laughs> man I, I was so upset it's like why would you not mention to us food is ordered through me because that was part of our goal like we were thinking let's get these burgers for dinner so yeah. we had to go to a whole different place where we face a whole different type of adversity to that, get burgers yeah that's that's very irresponsible of that gentleman yeah. to not even mention that. but it's yeah man it's crazy yeah so that makes me think like imagine how chaotic the last episode of our podcast is going to be because it's barely <laughs> structured anyway and also when you were talking about mr baseball i was thinking wouldn't it be funny if you had to talk with me and you're like look your podcasting has not been at the level that we need so we're going to send you down to the minors we're going to send you down to a different <laughs> podcast in a different market and if you play well you can come back next season you're going to armenia or something yeah <laughs> to pod. i'm going to some like eastern european version of how original you won't stop chawing on the pod <laughs> like dude respect the respect the game dude stop chawing on pod god i wish i had a pouch right now that yeah. would just revive me <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so it sounds like our past 24 hours have been chill interesting normal yeah yeah everybody everybody at juice bar had the real uh a24 letterbox stare 
everybody had their little fucking tote bags a lot of new balance collaborations were worn how do you think all those people felt about roll doll and his uh his mm. his views <laughs> well let's put it this his way twisted takes there were a lot of uh beautiful beautiful ladies there yeah i think they were probably pretty well oh, i'd yeah. be surprised if uh yeah i think they would support the revisionism of roll doll stories yes yeah um, i uh dude what um yeah i was i was reading up on that yesterday yeah you have some roll doll facts dude I got and some... you were saying a fun fact is that people used to call you the bfg in school <laughs> <laughs> the big fucking george <laughs> the bf top g that's me man <laughs> i uh yeah i think i i was telling you like yeah that was a joke i think like like you know when you had like classic like your school library just had a you know limited selection of books obviously so like the best books the cream would always rise to the to the top and like um the best books would always get like passed around between yeah. like your classmates basically um it would always be like the same few books um and uh, the bfg was definitely one of them that was a hot commodity yeah um but uh, i was also telling you and showing you a uh, son of the mob which uh, which, which was... looks like it's aimed at adult readers first of all but the cover goes so hard dude shouts out uh sh shouts out marlboro school library um which is where i went yeah uh wait marlboro like yeah. the cigarette oh yeah spelled different though oh okay spelled uh, o-u-g-h I'm like, do they have competitions? See who could read the most books, and then they send you home with a carton of six. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we were—they were making us Marlboro man. That's why your—that's why your family left Europe because they were sending you home with too many cartons of cigarettes for being a good reader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had to get out of there. But uh, but yeah, dudes, yeah, Son of the Mob was mm. maybe the hottest book. Yeah, it was so cool. It was like this okay. kid, the silhouette of this kid with shades, wearing like these, um, uh, these, uh, those like those pants, those eighties pants. You know when they're like tight at the waist and like, yeah, loose at the bottom, um, with like a bouquet of red flowers and yeah, it was just son of the mob. Nothing cooler, dude. When it I, is when, very cool. I, we I, did look at the cover. It's objectively cool. I wanted to be that kid, dude. Yeah, I wanted to be the son of the mob. Um, although I never got to read it because that book was such a hot right. ticket item. Um, well, we can make that dream a reality now. <laughs> I guess we could. Dude. There's I... nothing stopping you from like, that would be funny to read from like now. being a corrupt cop, you know, and like taking the evidence from the locker. You could take <laughs> son of the mob from your school's library. Yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> dude, I've been trying to fall asleep to a soft white underbelly interview for like the past three days uh, from the NYC corrupt cop. Oh, Mike Dowd. Mike Dowd. Yeah, dude, you got to watch the 75. I think it's on Netflix. The documentary. That... Oh, it's based about... on yeah, his life and his corruption. I can't get past his like early life where he was just like chill and normal. And he was yeah. like, yeah, I was like a short kid and I was trying to overcompensate because like, anyway. Yeah. Becoming a corrupt and NYC cop is a good compensation for being short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I was like two inches shorter, I'd definitely be a corrupt cop right now. <laughs> I'm just barely at the range where I'm like, okay, I don't have to be... <laughs> <laughs> the worst cop for sure i barely avoided becoming michael uh chickless in the shield <laughs> and i do feel like i look like michael chickless when i completely shave and buzz my head oh but, that guy oh yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean you know 
Um, but but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, roll doll facts. I, I was going to ask you, are you like a roll doll? Would you say you're a stan? I'm a bit of a stan. I'm not going to lie. It's been so long since I've read any of his writing, but I do really like his stories. And I do think I do think there's maybe a gap in the literary landscape now where there's nobody writing stories for children that kind of treat them as adults, you know, right. That treat them with intelligence Yeah. that write really dark stories. I mean, I guess like when I was growing up, I was really into a series of unfortunate events. Oh, me too. And like, okay, I don't actually know but i feel like those probably have a bit of inspiration from roll doll or maybe a bit of similarities where it's like Seems similar yeah these bizarre kind of adult situations that kids are in and it's like this undercurrent of, of abuse undercurrent <laughs> of abuse and just like a really dark world but they are stories for kids yeah and i i was very drawn to that as a kid i want to see the soft white underbelly i wanted <laughs> as as i've sometimes said when i'm like about to watch a horror movie with people and we're trying to pick something i'm like i want to see the worst thing i want to see the devil you want to gaze into the abyss <laughs> which is a preview of the programming i'm going to do for oh. my halloween party <laughs> oh, i saw the devil maybe oh maybe not God. i've always but wanted I, to watch that movie i do oh, want to i do want to pick something that's like quirky and fun something that's bizarre and psychosexual and then something that's fucking terrifying yo terrifier this is how i'm gonna clear out the space <laughs> this is like <laughs> this usually clears the room yeah like the mountain shadow calling the cops on themselves during their last <laughs> night of operation to get rid of all the 19 and 20 year olds <laughs> suicide by cop. who are drinking like mixed drinks that just straight up don't have the ingredients they claim to have <laughs> like a negroni with just i don't know yeah just gin and <laughs> an orange inside <laughs> just gin and red dye <laughs> just food color yeah but uh okay tell us about roll okay. who is a good guy who never said anything problematic and we endorse all of his views towards <laughs> different demographics so i i fucking love rolled I, I i love his children's uh books like like um uh, i actually read like some of these like kind of recently and mm. they they still hit like even yeah. as an adult like yeah. i'm entertained and like there is enough of that dark undercurrent yeah to keep you reading even as an adult right which and is I what's impressive about about his writing right and i think use of language that would still be interesting yeah. to an adult like he's just a very strong writer totally and like um but he also has at like very adult short stories the most famous of which being uh, lamb to the slaughter have you ever read that one no where like the uh the wife basically the husband's about to divorce the wife and mm. as he is telling her this she um she's making lamb uh oh. in the stove and uh she's about she's like unthawing she, really it. she's not grilling it on the sofa she's not grilling I hear it you're on supposed the stove. to you can just do anything that way Dude, she, she's not afraid of trick <laughs> um but she turns a trick on him and she uh she gets the frozen leg of lamb and she hits him over the head with it and kills him. Whoa. And then, like, basically... <laughs> Broads. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> so then she calls the cop. She calls the cops on herself, like that mountain bar. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what happened. Like, my husband just uh fucking died um and then <laughs> a, 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 anyway she i forget exactly what she's happens like, but forensics she, would never exist i i i forget <laughs> his head wouldn't be bashed in i forget how she covers it up but she covers okay. it up enough but and she gets the cops to her place um and they're like investigating um and then she uh she cooks the lamb and serves it to them so they eat the the murder yeah weapon. whoa pretty pretty twisted but anyway yeah so whoa. he has like very adult stories yeah like that. 
Um, I, I didn't explain that super well. Maybe you guys should actually read that story. That's a I'm going to actually read that. Really good short story. Yeah. One of my favorites. And like, um, so I read a short story collection of his that I, that I love um, called Skin. But I was looking this up on Wikipedia. So he has a short story collection called Switch Bitch. This is a book of adult short stories. Four stories originally published in Playboy between Whoa. 1965 and 1974. Whoa. They are linked by themes of rape by deception. <laughs> in each one, some Classic. major act of cunning, cruelty, or hedonism underpins the sexuality. <laughs> I'm going to read all these stories during the break we're about to take. Dude, how Holy good is moly. that <laughs> Switch, that bitch. sounds very interesting. So the titular story, bitch um solid title if i no could just notes. if i could just <laughs> if i could just read you the the synopsis from wikipedia yeah oswald cornelius becomes entangled with a belgian olfactory expert who claims to have discovered an eighth smell relative re, smell related nerve that when stimulated unlocks certain aspects of human sexual experience <laughs> the, keep going the expert develops a perfume to stimulate the mm. nerve causing chaos when it is exposed during a high society dinner this is like the sex panther from anchorman yes exactly <laughs> these stories are crazy so um wow the book is so uh the book is notable for its introduction of the uncle oswald character um who uh who is a apparently a male fantasy figure described as the greatest fornicator of all time um i'm imagining like a huge heavyweight belt like a boxer <laughs> that's just like number one shaker <laughs> number one number one brexit case <laughs> number one day Bre in the life of the number one brexit fornicator <laughs> dude and then uh so apparently his adventures recounted by a nephew who inherit his diaries and decide to edit them for publication, which is so, which is like the narrative, the meta narrative of Switch Bitch. G sounds phenomenal. These are crazy. So he wrote shit like this, yeah, right, um, as well as his children's stuff, yeah. Um, and I think we're about to get to this, but I would say in recent years there has been a reexamination of Roald Dahl's cultural legacy and a lot of his perhaps personal life yeah. is a contrast to what you might expect from like beloved children's author so the big <laughs> people didn't really like him it sounds like well okay well the big issue is that people claimed he was anti-semitic which i was reading about this yeah and it seems like he did say a lot of anti-semitic shit i was gonna say didn't he pretty explicitly go on record and be like <laughs> so but then i read further mm. i read more deeply uh with a more critical eye right <laughs> you were on the Stormfront forums and they're like no 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 you've got it all twisted well he he claims to just be anti-israel which okay. is uh, still dicey. Uh, well, I think you could critique a lot about Israel's action over the years without inherently being against the Jewish people as a whole. Which is what he claims. And, yeah. And then okay, his, uh, his like uh, publisher or his agent went to bat for him. She was mm. like, yeah, he said a lot of crazy shit. He was just trying to like, he was basically just fucking around mm. trying to get a rise out of people. A shock jock. He was, yeah, yeah. And she was like, I'm I'm Jewish. Like, I know he didn't hate Jews. Mm. So like, okay. anyway, so, th so th like when Elton John was like, look, Eminem doesn't actually hate gay people. We hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of that, <laughs> right, that okay. sort of vibe. So I don't know that, that I mean, I'm sure he still said some crazy, crazy wild shit and um, which hurt people's feelings. But yeah, um, that's well, of... apparently his uh, first wife also called him rolled the rotten. Right. <laughs> apparently he wasn't too nice. Yeah, but yeah, 
you know, two sides to every story. Yeah. It's a, it was a bumpy rolled. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then more recently, so I guess there was some controversy because his publishers were going to re-release his books, uh, but with altered language. And wasn't I reading that Netflix acquired this publisher? Is that correct? I, I believe oh, that's what man. happened and probably led to this. Oh, interesting. I didn't know. Um, but yeah, there's... I think some descriptions of like fat people in the books yeah, so that are now being scrubbed or like things about people's appearances. Yeah. So I've got the, some of the mm -hmm. details here. Yeah. The word fat was regularly removed being replaced with terms Jesus. such as enormous or large. Which, I, I don't know how, I don't know what I'd look, rather, would be you called. rather be called fat or enormous. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other thing was like uh, some misogynistic language. Mm. So uh, it says here, um, uh, some insults directed at women were often softened in these republications, mm. such as ugly old cow become, became ghastly old shrew. Wait, how is that? <laughs> I would say that's almost identical in its vitriol <laughs> towards women. I don't see how that's any different. I, exactly. So I think calling someone and uh, wait, what was the first one? Ugly old, ugly cow? old cow. And then the second one? uh what was it bitter old shrew it was um ghastly old shrew i would say both of those come from the same kind of sexist place yeah so i don't know and these... again like i've i shockingly listeners i disagree with the changing of these stories um but then they still kept so i guess like the sort <laughs> it of it seems like that isn't any better or gentler no so like yeah and then i guess they also because people were so up in arms about it also decided to release like the original collect so it's like they're yeah. re-releasing these new ones these edited ones and then also like uh the director's cut <laughs> is right, essentially right. the snyder cut huh um of like the the old book so i guess there was enough pushback that they the publisher decided that like good yeah maybe good. this isn't the best role rolled yeah to go down and it's also a bit funny to think about oh rolled doll stories are gonna be bad for kids it's like are you fucking kidding me they're on tiktok and instagram all day like that shit is a thousand times worse. It would be yes. awesome if kids actually could sat down and read these stories. It, for that would sure. be incredible. Which is what Wes Anderson kind of tries to do. I yeah. would I would uh, argue for, you know, a new generation, a new yeah. audience perhaps Absolutely. for these books. And we'll talk about that right after this. Don't touch that dial. Because there is no dial. So you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Right, all right live and in color live, <laughs> live fire <laughs> live, this yeah, is oh, a yeah. live combat these are situation live, these are live rounds oh, well yeah. roll doll was often in uh, live combat situations he was an raf pilot oh what For royal royal air, air force, force. Royal air ah, force. i got there yeah i'm starting to wake up <laughs> royal as fuck <laughs> royal af the rolled air force <laughs> It's just him. <laughs> Army of one. It's like Maverick Top Gun. Um, do we have any other rolled trivia? Rolled facts? Um, or should we space it out? Nah. Well, I might have some more, but let's... Uh, I think we should just get into the fucking... Okay. The, the meat of it. Uh, we haven't discussed this. Shockingly, we haven't prepared. Uh, I think we should go in the chronological order that Netflix put these out. Okay. Which Beginning was... with Henry Sugar. Sure concluding with poison um yes yes let's do that 
Yes. So it goes Henry Sugar, the Swan, Rat Catcher. Beautiful. That's how then poison. It's exactly how I watched it. Perfect. That is also how I watched it too. No machete order here. Yeah, no. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I suppose it really doesn't matter what order you watch these in. I guess not. I guess not. Tell me what you think though. My my hot take is that I think Wes, Mr. Wes, was going (laughs) to release these as a feature film because it's like put together, it's like an hour and a half. Mm. Uh, or like two hours right and then decided like there's no way this is palatable for like a one session like right. theater watch let's I, just release I these like as it, shorts on netflix i like it broken into sort of episodes and i was actually thinking as i was watching this earlier i wish more directors would put out an anthology of shorts mm-hmm. on netflix me too because that's an underrated genre of movie. i mean i'm sure like yeah, I mean, Netflix is the perfect venue for it. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. it's like, if you were relying on traditional distribution, I don't really see this ever happening. Um, unless you have like, unless you do the, what was that one where T- Tarantino had a short, uh, the one that took place in the hotel? I forget what that one was called. Do you know in what I'm the talking hotel. about? Uh, it was like three stories. All of them were kind of intertwined and directed by three different directors. One was Tarantino. One was Robert Rodriguez. Um, oh, I think it was uh, in the hotel. But it was I, pretty good. But anyway, it was, it was like three movies that were kind of intertwined. And like, okay, but I think that like that kind of format could work, right? But yeah, if it yeah, if it's like four 20 minute hmm. movies, I don't know if that would really yeah work. And yeah, and like know. it was interesting because. I often think on Netflix, why is the content mirroring the format and length of traditional content when you can just, in theory, do anything? And I do like that one of these is just longer than the others. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Henry Sugar is the longest, clocking in at around 40 or 41 minutes, I believe. Yeah, 40 And minutes. I think the others are all like 17 on the nose. Yeah, and in fact, 15 w- without the credits. Yeah, oh, yeah. true. Yeah. Well, George, I, I think on this podcast, we do the true length, including true length. the credits. Yes, the yeah. TL. The TL. Yeah. Uh, the, that movie I was thinking of was called. We always measure to make things a bit longer, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to yeah. round up. You got to yeah. round up. Um, sorry, the movie I was thinking of was called Four Rooms. Oh, um, I've never heard of this. What it's, year? It's quite a good movie, actually. Um, 1995. Oh, and, so this is way early. Yeah. Huh. And and uh, I was around. So there's four uh kind of short films um, right and yeah two of them are yeah one is a robert rodriguez movie one is a hey, someone's dog movie. is barking out there do they know there's a studio in here yeah jesus christ <laughs> they're unprofessional <laughs> um there's i don't actually... know how it got past the uh what do you call it the soundproofing oh but... yeah we have very sophisticated soundproof yes what are those things they talked about it at spotify labs are in the corners sound traps or yes whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah we have a lot of sound traps we're the, we're the bees in the trap um there's actually a man and woman somewhere in this building who have been having uh violent screaming matches at each other really for the past few days huh. it's been like 10 a.m 10 a.m then it was 5 p.m Whoa. i was out for most of yesterday so i don't know if it happened again or maybe they're just having like uh simultaneous night terrors do you at think? 10 a.m at 10 a.m <laughs> uh no this sounds very much like a couple who hates each other the next time it happens, I'm just going to stick my head out the window and be like, shut up. <laughs> like, okay. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. It's like break up or resolve it. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is why, like a very why, quiet, peaceful building. So why it's is kind it, of jarring. Why is it so time specific, do you think? I have no idea. Huh. That's but yeah, I'm they're really about. going through it. So wow. oh. I also can't really make out individual words, just like the tone of 
very angry people. Yeah. So, whoa. I don't know. Somebody's in hot water, it sounds like. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, hopefully, we don't have to hear that while we're in the studio. Hopefully, not. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, too. Shouts out. Thoughts and prayers. Hope they work it out. Yeah. Or break up. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Okay. Henry Sugar is the longest. I think this, I don't know. This might have been my favorite. Really? Yeah. It was either this or Ratcatcher. <laughs> I loved Ratcatcher for sure. You know what? I love them all. I, 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 it's I, very hard to pick a favorite. It really is hard. They're all so good. Yeah. And also, they're all done in a very specific style where if you're not into it, I don't think you would stick around and watch the anthology because. Yeah, let's explain the style. Yes. Explain it. We have narratives within narratives and we have sort of a stage play blocking almost where mm -hmm. some of the events were not seen played out live or we're seeing a character hold a prop that's related to the narration that's going on yes. um we often have a character narrating their own actions in the third person so, oh, <laughs> so yeah this is Okay, when I was watching it, I, I conceptualized this as like a visual audiobook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Like, that's perfect. Yeah, that's what I was kind of stumbling trying to find. Because I believe that they are just reading, I think the whole short story just gets read. Or a significant word, portion of the text. Yeah. yeah, I think much of it, if not all of it, is derived from the story so i think they literally like if you didn't watch this movie at all like if you just closed your eyes and just listened i think you could understand the entire story basically. i think much if not all of it would make sense still yeah yeah like which he, is cool which is really cool um which leads me to believe that i think they just read the entire story out loud um and like and the narrate the narration will be a character looking dead center into the camera, like addressing you as the audience member, basically. Yes, yeah, so as very stuff meta. kind of happens in the background, or maybe they walk around within a scene. Yeah, and and they also have a role a role doll. Ra Ray Fiennes plays role yes. doll, so he at times is like the the omniscient narrator yes. figure. And you see him reading. Yeah. Um, so Henry Sugar, we begin with him. And then he starts to tell us a tale and then Henry sugar starts to tell us a tale. Yes. And then within the book, Henry sugar is reading. We have Dev Patel tell a tale. Yes. And then within that book, we have Ben Kingsley tell a tale. Yes. And then we go back. So we have many fictive levels. Let's say <laughs> that's right. That's right. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think I did an accurate job at describing like the different levels of narration we're kind of going into and then pulling back out of? I think so. Yeah. I think so. There's a lot going on. <laughs> and if you've ever seen a Wes, uh, Mr. West movie, you know exactly what this looks like. Camera dead, dead center. Yeah. Like, um, so, like no, no camera movement whatsoever. No, no. Um, it, and uh, yeah, lots of like, what, what did you call like set design choices? Like very the quirky blocking, set design. the set design. Basically everything in the frame is hyper intentional. There's no... Yeah, there's a lot of symmetry. Everything is very precise, very artificial. Yeah, a lot of um, color, stylized. color, I don't know, choices. Yeah. Um, very intentional as well. So, yeah. This anyway. man loves a palette. <laughs> he loves a good palette, man. He loves a good colorway. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm surprised New Balance hasn't put out, like, a Wes Anderson colorway. Yeah. Actually, maybe he did do a shoe collab recently. Really? Yo, I'm like, I gotta get maybe a hold I of, just dreamed that. I gotta get a hold. I of had these. twisted dreams last night. 
there was uh <laughs> there was a quote-unquote rowdy volatile red inside of me <laughs> so yeah i don't know <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you mentioned this juice bar, like they have a wild way of like describing. The oh, wine. they they got down to the deepest fictive level <laughs> describing these wines. They should just like they should have more shorthands for wine descriptors. Like you know, sometimes they'll be too granular, and mm. almost that's almost too arbitrary for regular kind of civilians, regular run in the mill people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like it should be more tangible, and they, you know, uh, wine places should have their own version like like this place has their own version it sounds like of describing this wine like, yeah i'll say it's introverted like they use the, <laughs> rowdy the infj I love like <laughs> the idea of something being rowdy well i look i had the chance to do a lot of thinking in the lineup for this place and i was like what if there is a bar where you take in your meyer briggs results and then the server assigns oh. you a drink <laughs> That's and I'm sick. like the most annoying people in the whole fucking world would want to go to this bar and Instagram about it. And if you're an INFTJ, you just get taken out back. Yeah, there's like one personality type where we just take out back and shoot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I was thinking like, yeah, what if like there's a bar that does like this is like this kind of rapper or shit like this, oh, like like, ar like that level of arbitrary. Like this is a Tony Yayo type wine. This is a 50 Cent type wine. This is a Danny Brown type So line. literally you're describing a website that I used to go to in like first or second year where you would type in like a song and I think it would give you a drink suggestion. Based oh, on shit. That. Or maybe it was a whole artist. I don't know if it was on a per song level. You're like, I think it was like Whoa. if you're listening to the Afghan wigs drink bourbon on the rocks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So I do think you're on something with that idea, but it's also been invented. It's been had. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if like a retail space has ever done this before, hmm. but there was a website which obviously had an algorithm. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. know what I'm saying though. Just, oh yeah. Just come up with the most arbitrary shorthands for wine. Why the fuck not? Dude? Yeah. Why the fuck not? Have, or some, like, have some fun with it, dude. Relax. Or what about this? A server comes to your table and asks you a series of seemingly inscrutable questions that have like one like answer A or answer B. Yes. And then based on what you answer, they just bring get you a drink. That would rule yeah. too. That would rule too. Yeah, I would love that. And like, I guess you would have to. I would love to have my agency taken from me in that way. Yeah. At a, at a place. Of... I bet you would, you little sicko. <laughs> you little freak. I'm, you little, I'm a little switch bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet beach. A restaurant for subs. <laughs> well, not, it's not subway. We're not talking subway. <laughs> we're not, we're not talking big way. <laughs> We're not thinking fresh. <laughs> no. Colorways. <laughs> Subway. Sub colorways. Okay. My brain is just like word association soup at this point. Me too. So anyway, Henry Sugar, okay. we open with the roll doll sort of introducing this narrative. And it is about a man who could see without sight, yeah. essentially. He... A man who kind of developed a mysterious x-ray vision, I guess not relying upon his eyes yes um and so uh, using the force <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's putting away his navigation screen yeah so um, uh henry sugar is introduced as somebody who's kind of vapid rich has never worked a day in his life doesn't love anybody except yeah. for himself and yeah basically has this empty life without a real purpose and uh he's played by benedict cumberpatch um, and so he finds Benny Cum, Benny Cum, baby, um, Benny Cum Guzzler. He, he so he finds this book in a library. It's called Son of the Mob. A library, <laughs> you say. 
<laughs> Do you think there was a librarian in this library? A libertarian? <laughs> a libertarian library. <laughs> Every book is about abolishing the age of consent. Dude. Carrying guns. Li- libraries are the only, are the last bastion. They're, they're the last stronghold of a space where you a can. third space. You can enter and not have to pay and just stay yeah. there. A, a community space where it's not predicated upon pain. Exactly. Yeah. When, when I, when, when Zadie Smith, when I read a Zadie Smith essay about libraries and she put it in that way, I've been so pro library. Mm. I've been so library pilled. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. They're, uh, well, we're eventually going to try to go record a podcast in the North End oh, Library. We are, yes. So, we are. correct. <laughs> the whole library system gets shut down after that. They're like, <laughs> we got to rethink. Okay. You, anyone, I mean, come on. You anyone have, can come in. You no, have that, to pay. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. They're like, unhoused individuals can jerk off all day long. We cannot have podcasters in here. That's a bridge too far. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, um, he finds his book. Uh, and it's like an account of uh, a map. Uh, it's sort of like uh, a medical journal um, slash story. Right. About this doctor who encountered, uh, played by Dev Patel, who encountered uh, Ben Kingsley. Yes. Um, In one of many wigs he will wear throughout this series. Yes. Great wig work. <laughs> because, um, you, I don't think you mentioned this. Um, actually, this is, you know, this uh, whole uh, anthology or series of films felt almost like a stage play like it felt oh yeah because uh, there were a lot of like sets like people move literally moving sets in and out of yes. the frame and also actors playing multiple roles the the even nature, within one the nature of the artifice is acknowledged and played with oh that's a great way to put it um that's a bar it's <laughs> a bar so that'll be in a communications textbook someday <laughs> Right below Baudrillard and Foucault. Um, go on. Uh, so, so they, uh, yeah, Ben Kingsley, um, basically he wants to study Ben Kingsley because Ben Kingsley can see without his eyes. And yes. So he like medically bandages him. Um, and he yeah, can... there's something like they seal his eye shut with a glue that can be dissolved. And then they put this like, it almost looks like a wasp's nest of bandages over his head. Yeah. Basically, like, there's no chance this person could still use the faculty of sight. But Ben Kingsley is still able to see the environment. He can move around. He can dodge things. He can know how many fingers they're holding up. It's yeah, it's beyond science. Um, <laughs> it, it, and then Ben Kingsley tells the doctor how he acquired this. So he trained through, like, an old yogi. Yeah, um, like in the late 1800s or early 1900s. And uh, it, this was funny when, like, he was talking to the yogi. The yogi was like, you know, like, most people take, like, 10 years, 20 yeah. years, 30 <laughs> years to, like, to, like, acquire this ability. Um, some people take, like, a year or two. But, yeah. Like, that's, like, the one, the one hundred uh, 99th percentile, basically. Yeah. Like, you got to be in the 0.1 listeners on Spotify. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Your Spotify wrapped is like, you spent X amount of hours trying to levitate and see without sight. <laughs> but yeah, I like listening how, to Drake. <laughs> I liked in this story how a lot of numbers were tossed around to describe things that like none of the characters really understand. <laughs> yes. I love that. The, the specificity for no real reason yeah like it doesn't propel the plot but it's just a nice detail that's I, good that's good right 
that's great writing. I love the contrast of like specific numbers being given for a process that is never explained to us as the audience. It's the best. I like that they didn't actually break down the supernatural thing happening. Yeah. I, I like it when stories kind of just trust you as the audience or it's like it's beyond science we just don't know yes <laughs> <laughs> when it's used in a way like this to kind of create intrigue and keep the narrative moving i i do feel like i've encountered stories where it's like i don't think the author is in control of this and i feel like it's a cop-out mm. <laughs> yes, yes yes and also it's like it is intended for children ultimately so it's like mm. They do. I feel like children are more willing to take that suspension of disbelief, like that narrative leap. Yeah. Whereas adults, you know, famously, my mom has come out against magical realism. Uh, I don't think my mom would enjoy this because I was about to say uh -huh. I was about to text my parents and be like, hey, if you guys ever read Roald Dahl stories growing up, like there's a really cool anthology on Netflix. And I'm like, it's going to have too much magical realism for my mom. Gotcha. She's going to hate it. Too much whimsy. I'm going to have to feel at minimum some text maybe a phone call about how bad the magical realism was i'm like i, I can't handle that right now the whimsy is through the roof yeah um <laughs> yeah so uh ben kingsley actually ends up dying like the next day after he tells the doctor this um, yeah and ben kingsley i want to back up a second because dev patel is kind of saying like how does this work though like what what are you doing to actually see? And Ben Kingsley is saying like, oh, you can see with your body and not use your eyes. You can see with a different body part. Yeah. In my head, I was like, huh, trouser snake. <laughs> but essentially, I guess the point where Ben Kingsley is like, I actually don't know. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I just made this bold statement. I don't know. And he wanders out of the shot. And then it's revealed the next day he like dies before he goes to do a performance. He yeah. just, because he's doing like these, carnivals like not not freak shows but like a traveling circus act mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, maybe a freak show i don't know and i don't know if he self-identifies as a freak he might a, use that language as the wildest guilo to ever do <laughs> yeah he well i don't know if he's a guilo per se yeah um what did they call tom Selleck in mr baseball what do they call guilos in japan they oh. call them um Wait, is it Gaijin? Gaijin. Might be foreign. Gaijin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of wild guilos at Juice Bar last night. Uh, one of the, in Mr. Baseball, like when he came to the team in, in Japan, there was already like a black dude from America on the team. Who and... I'm sure was treated very well in Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Was, they were I... definitely very respectful and... of... <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they're respectful of everyone, those guys. Yeah. But yeah, so then when Tom Selleck came, um, they they kept calling him Guy Jin. He was like, what the fuck are they calling me? And mm. the black guy was like, they're calling you Guy Jin. It means foreigner. It's basically like, like a black guy in America. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It was a... a and then Tom Selleck was like... A scathing huh, social That gives commentary. me a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he twirled his mustache. Um, speaking of Tom Selleck, there's a Danny Brown line that I've never understood. Yeah. You fell off like Tom Selleck in a Celica. Whoa. A Toyota Celica. Yes. What the fuck is he talking about Bro. in that line? Bro. Is that like Did Tom Selleck drove a Celica in a movie where he's like a loser? I mean, I'm truly baffled by that. I guess if he had, if he was driving a Celica, <laughs> that would mean that he had fallen off. 
Oh, right. Like he would no longer be this big Hollywood star because yeah. he'd be driving like a pretty normal car, I guess. Oh, that makes the most sense. I mean, okay. How it's a bit of a magical realism type of bar. You had to do some work there. Yeah, there's a lot of work. Okay, there's another Danny Brown bar that's always baffled me. Okay. Sent your bitch a dick pic and now she needs glasses. Oh, shit. Because okay, I okay. think he's trying to say, I have a big dick and it was shocking to her. Yes. But it's like. You, I need glasses as in like it's so small you could kind of read that two different ways or like the I guess because like it's I guess because it's so large that maybe if you're far-sighted, if you're nearsighted <laughs> it's so big that you almost need I don't that uh, line doesn't make fucking sense wait, does it yeah I don't know if a dick can give you stigma to a stigmatism <laughs> Um, I gotta ask my optometrist about that you next have time. To. I'm, a man. I'm like, hey, are you familiar with the Danny Brown album Triple X? No? Okay, good. There's a line I wanted to ask you about. What what if like you know how like the, to test your eyesight they make you like yeah. read, the, read the letters? They show you Danny Brown's dick. <laughs> they show you Danny Brown's dick. Yeah. Where they're doing the different lenses, like you're looking at Danny Brown's dick, like, okay, better, worse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically, um, Dev Patel never really cracks this medical anomaly. They yeah. need a doctor house on this. But <laughs> what happens is that Henry Sugar is like, I'm going to try to give myself this superpower so I can win at playing cards like casinos. Yes. I will be the best blackjack player ever. I think this is why this was your favorite of the Dude, shorts. <laughs> well, this really appealed to me because I'm like, I would absolutely abuse this power to play blackjack. Yes. But then I would also get existential ennui where it's like, if I'm just winning all the time, if I'm a perfect player, there's no, it takes the juice out of gambling. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure. So I'm like, because sure. I was thinking before the scene where it's like, there was no thrill to that. I'm like, would there be a thrill? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you purely... If you're like me and you kind of need to make some money right now, I think it would be great. But if you're this rich guy who already has everything, it really takes the fun out of gambling. I yeah, I agree. <laughs> the, there's a great scene. So the first time that he's like trying this power out, um, it's like he has 19 on the yes. blackjack table. <laughs> yes. And then there's this big the narrator makes this big to do about like, yeah, like, you know, uh, you would never hit on 19. Never Obviously, hit on 19. you would stick but then, or stand but then he saw that there was a two coming up so he hit on the 19 <laughs> yeah so I, for, I forget what the dealer's up card was but yes for for the uninformed if people are geeks who have never played cards before you as the player would never hit on 19 under any circumstances however he's like stick the action is about to go to the next player and then he's like wait 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 hit because he can see the next card in the shoe is yeah. a two yeah that's about to be drawn everybody's like whoa yeah this is a wild ass honky um i was gonna to ask, quote macklemore yeah um yes and then he gets so he doesn't get a blackjack because it's not his first two cards but he gets a 21 yes and obviously uh wins yes well that's the kind of specificity that makes good, yeah good writing like yeah if, if he had if he hit the complete blackjack that would have been too perfect right you always gotta well, leave yeah, he it a wouldn't little need to use his power if he'd hit blackjack because no more cards would have needed to be drawn. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, also, I was going to ask this... you though: do, do you hit on the nineteen? No, no. fuck no, yeah. no. Good. Um, according to the basic rules of blackjack, you would never do that. So I have studied the like basic strategy, which is what you need to memorize to then learn how to count cards. Yeah. But basic strategy, like if you ask at a casino, they'll give you a sheet that says it. Wow. Or you can even ask the dealer, like, what does basic strategy dictate? Uh -huh. Which I feel like people don't know that you can, like, ask a dealer. Interesting. Because 
the dealer, there's nothing the dealer can do themselves to make you win or lose. The dealer is on rails the way right. they play. Um, but Pat, like, don't you think sometimes you just got to throw strategy out the window? Well, That's what the Japanese baseball team had to learn. Oh, from, from they were Seller. too mechanical. They were playing too much according to basic strategy. Correct. Yeah. And then the, the guy, Jin, <laughs> had to come and spit on their fucking, right. all over their fucking baseball yeah. field for them to be like, oh, yeah gotta we gotta chill maybe a bit of a white savior narrative <laughs> could be argued <laughs> you learned a lot from them what, too what do you think is more culturally sensitive mr baseball or the last samurai <laughs> uh i haven't watched last samurai in a while i feel like last samurai maybe is a little more tactful i mean I that was like... that has like 20 years on on mr baseball yeah though, so you can't you know i feel like the last samurai it. it's like it is kind of absurd if you think about it but like what if the last samurai was called mr samurai <laughs> <laughs> That would be the direct-to-DVD version without Tom Cruise. <laughs> One of the few long hair Tom Cruise roles. Yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible 2, famously. Last Samurai. Yes. Last Samurai, which came out around the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's ever had long hair since. No, but like maybe the hottest the hottest cruise version of cruise i think the long-haired version mm. for of uh like a famous actor is usually like the hottest like dude brad pitt and troy right come on it yeah. doesn't get any hotter than that dude i've watched this insane more plates more dates video where he does like a full physique breakdown of like the timeline between fight club and troy to talk about like whether he's natty or not <laughs> basically his contention yeah. is that in troy his physique is actually very similar yeah um oh, okay really yeah interesting it's not like radically different at all compared to fight club and there is a lot of time that elapsed between the movies so like it is possible it's possible oh wow yeah. um dude yeah that scene in troy you know when he fucking kills that when it's like the 1v1 battle at the very very beginning right. and uh um i think it's like uh yeah and then he murks that dude and he's just is there no one else oh yeah is there no dude, one else i have the director's cut on yeah. dvd i might have to toss it on this afternoon it's so good dude that was me maybe smoke a little reefer yeah. watch some troy that sounds fucking like a good afternoon um I, that sounds like a good sunny afternoon. Yeah. I, <laughs> while it's beautiful weather, I, I just close all the blinds. Oh, um, completely motionless. I, I dude, I, that was me in the family group chat over the, uh, uh, <laughs> this week, um, where I dropped, I was, I dropped a challenge into the family group chat. I was like, all right, let's hear your hardest bar. No pre-written's. Um, I dropped my bar. You heard it. Yeah. Actually, can I drop it on this pod? If you must. All right. Okay, but Pat, if you if, if you dare interrupt me while I'm dropping this bar, I'm gonna this, I'm gonna end you. This did remind me of like old YouTube videos of Simon Rex in character as Dirt Nasty doing freestyle raps. <laughs> All right, here goes. This wasn't a pre. This is obviously a pre-written now yeah. after the fact, but this was not a pre-written. I just want our I just want it on record. This was not a pre-written when it was being recorded. Our fans are very sophisticated. They understand all the fictive levels here. Okay, good. Listen. Man, I'm TMNT. You can't mess with me. I'm Michelangelo. I paint the ceiling with your brains like a Sistine Chapo. I'm El Chapo. Bust a capo in your ass. I feel like it should be in your ass. Oh, <laughs> your ass. Oh, fuck. I mean, dude. that's just my note. I mean, look, that's the kind of kind of quirkiness you end up with when it's not a pre-written. True, of course. You know, that's like a but little, I those, like those the, quirky imperfections. I do like the slant rhyme. Yes, thank yeah, you, yeah. thank you. And kind of the distortion of some of the words to like make it fit a bit better. 
Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, I dropped that fucking bar in the family group chat. No responses. No is, I'm like, is there no one else? <laughs> <laughs> you know that they definitely formed a family minus George group chat. <laughs> That's probably hyperactive. <laughs> well, I've <laughs> I've seen how ruthless uh, a couple of your bros get in the family chat. Oh, dude, yeah. Extremely toxic. Yeah. My brother, because he's he's actually in the in the first period, he's in the classroom directly opposite of mine, and uh, I was chatting to this like old old teacher in the hallway. Yeah, he, he takes a I I just get a photo sent to me mid class during uh from the family group chat. It's me outside talking to this teacher. It's my brother going like George is trying to riz up Miss Wren. <laughs> Dude, I would not be able to handle that. I'd be like, we need. I'd like plant evidence to get him expelled. <laughs> uh, we should cut to break and then we'll wrap up Henry Sugar and move on to the swan. He goes, George Rizzing, Miss Wren. Game is game. I was thinking too, like when, what's his name? Uh, Benedict Cumberpatch learns about like uh, Ben Kingsley and how he learned this technique. Yeah. How he was like, yeah, I could. I'm built different. I could do this in a year. Yeah, <laughs> and he does. <laughs> it is. It is a story about being built different. Yeah. I was also just thinking, you can tell it's a story for children because if it was a story for adults, mm. don't you think he'd be perving out a bit? Oh, you. Oh, you're absolutely. Although right. I guess he does look at himself, and he doesn't see himself naked per se. He sees into himself, right. like internal organs. Right. Right. So it's. I guess he. If he was walking the street and was like, I want to see that woman with her through her clothes, yeah. he'd be looking into her like organs. Uh, well, yeah, uh, not, not to get too in the weeds, but <laughs> I, I think though, if he can see through cards, I, I think he was standing naked in front of the mirror. But I feel like if he was wearing clothes, he could probably see one layer below. That's my one fictive layer. He's always below. going one layer, yeah, because yeah. he can only see the card on top. So I would. I would actually say yes, he could see through clothing. Oh, because I, I oh, because yeah, I would purport that he was naked in front of the mirror, right? And that's how he was seeing inside himself. Yes, right? I, I forgot that detail. Yeah, see, that's why you're here to host the podcast to keep everything straight. Thank you to uh, yeah, decipher, uh, decode Danny Brown lines. Yeah, <laughs> and to explain the to explain the, the hidden messages that Danny Brown <laughs> is sending me. <laughs> explain henry sugar signs <laughs> anyway um so so he he gets fucking mega rich right yes and, and, and did we talk yeah. about there's like a montage where you can see where he's training himself he's in right. his apartment <laughs> or his home yes. with a deck of cards and he's talking about like he's in tantric training he's talking about how much time has gone by and you can see the sun like rising and falling and like the seasons yeah. through the windows it was and like you at juice bar dude yeah <laughs> and it's something like hold on i think i took an instagram story of it because i liked the shot they had when um it's so annoying instagram keeps changing their format and they make it worse um three years and three months of uninterrupted effort and we have like him in a tank top just so bearded and disheveled yes and I, I put it as an Instagram story with the Kanye West song, Spaceship. <laughs> Lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
But yeah, we can see he's devoted his life to learning this power and he finally masters it. Yes. Um, and he needs to do it at like a certain speed to really uh, bring it to the casino, I guess. Uh, yes. Um, and uh, anyway, he he accomplishes this. Yes. He gets, he gets mega rich. Has at a the huge end. win. <laughs> Big. Yeah. 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 Big uh, payday. And then realizes at the end, like now that he's like accomplished everything and has like the most money um that like none of this makes him feel anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's completely empty and dead inside still yeah um and ends up like throwing his money off the balcony basically yes <laughs> inciting a riot <laughs> very funny until the cop comes up to him like also played by ben kingsley oh yeah that's right <laughs> in a different wig different role and he's like what are you doing like you gotta just give this money Water. to like <laughs> orphanages and yeah stuff. he's saying basically like you're an idiot like yeah. You can give money away, but their hospitals and orphanages are severely underfunded. Like you can make a difference as opposed to just causing chaos. Um, and then Harry Stark is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so basically he, yeah, travels around getting these huge wins at casinos and yeah. then starts, yeah, many children's hospitals. Um, and that's the end. It's just a very fucking yeah. wholesome ending. Yeah. <laughs> There's and no twist so or anything. Eventually, he does die because earlier he was looking into himself, seeing like a blood clot very slowly moving through his body, I think. And then that's what ends up killing him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, when he's in his 60s. That's so right. That's right. Basically, he went from being empty, purposeless, and rich to recognizing that he can actually change the world around him and give back. So Yeah. Um, and cheat at cards <laughs> yeah and and obviously you know yeah goes through this change as a as a human being because mm -hmm. like so like one of the ways that you you learn to like basically concentrate like your training your anal training that you yeah that you had to do uh <laughs> you ever heard about anal training you know you got to train your ass to like open up wider and wider like you gotta you gotta go like be you know certain like you, you do beads right you have to do beads like i don't know what you're doing <laughs> while you're listening to this secretive little wayne song yes george i'm familiar with the concept uh, uh you were saying during his training he was like focusing on his brother's face yeah so ben kingsley was like you have to focus on like one person's face mm -hmm. basically as you're trying to concentrate and see through shit yeah so he was focusing on his brother's face and uh ben come was focusing on uh himself because yeah. like that's how sort of self-centered he that's was so funny um i was like yourself. and i was thinking like which face would i focus on and i was like yo that'd be so funny if i just <laughs> just florence pew <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i was doing the whole time watching oppenheimer <laughs> yeah 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 exactly, um, exactly uh so yeah that's that's the story that's the story um, so that's our longest one so it's a good one listen for me it was yeah as you said good word choice delightful um very wholesome great message to me it was missing something a little bit of oomph a little mm. bit of oomph -a loomph -a, dude it was it was missing some like i don't need i didn't need it to have a twist but like it just felt a little too like a shaggy dog story to me mm. uh where it was like this happened this happened this happened this happened and everything was interesting and presented well and like right. I, I enjoyed it um quite a lot but i don't know it just felt the the ending to me felt a little underwhelming Mm. um which is why i almost preferred the other three stories because they had more of that short story kind of a little bit of that twist at the end that kinda, i kind of had that oomph i was going to say so this is a classic children's story and that wraps up kind of with a moral it's left very cleanly yes. you're not wondering what happened 
Whereas the other stories are bizarre, troubling, ambiguous. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the 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 swan. swan. Yeah, the swan. Okay, dude. The whole time I was watching the swan earlier this morning, coffee in hand, soda stream in other hand, hungover. <laughs> I was thinking like, I can't wait to talk about this with George, and he'll be like, Yeah, me and Max Ustakov actually did this to a kid. <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting for some kind of reveal, and George's like, Yeah, this actually happened in my school. <laughs> We were constantly making each other lay on railroad tracks and climb trees. The newspaper article that this story was based on <laughs> was like me and Max used yeah. to holding surveillance footage, holding a kid at gunpoint, yeah, making him like, jump off a tree with swan wings. Like this one's instantly more dark and fucked up. Oh yeah, yeah. And I thought it was gonna go to a different direction. So um, yeah, um, so we start with like these. Uh, so Rupert Friend is the star of this film and i guess actually he reveals okay never mind um i just figured something out about the movie which ah. i'll mention later uh but no, I, don't, I don't get to know uh well i well okay so you can press mute and whisper it to me so <laughs> yeah i'll go all secretive like little wayne and I'm we're single. actually constantly muting and whispering to each other <laughs> so okay what i just figured out was that because at the end it's sort of left ambiguous and a lot of people have the interpretation of like did the kid die at the end mm-hmm. um and it almost seems like kind of symbolically he did die although Roald Dahl doesn't expressly say he died but then uh Rupert Friend is supposed to be him in the future so clearly he didn't die right ah because he says this happened to me yeah in the past I guess but the end of the story does make it sound as if he was permanently changed or maybe even died or his human form died or but now I'm thinking like if that doesn't really make sense, right? Because Rupert Friend is supposed right. to be him in the in the future, telling the story, recounting yeah. the story from his childhood. So now I'm led to believe that he did not die. In fact, because I at first I thought I was like, well, mm-hmm. obviously this is symbolic of death, but yeah. And again, the fact that we're debating the ending is like I I would say that can be a great quality in a short story. Oh, it's for like, sure. You're presented with just enough information to follow what's going on, and then it's ambiguous dude i spent like 20 minutes last night trying to find the newspaper article that this is based on and i I couldn't do it but um but it would have been cool to see the the basis for this story because allegedly this was based on a real like newspaper uh article uh that rolled doll read where people reported seeing like some sort of swan yeah or or like this maybe this exact incident happened or Mm. some version of it i i'm not quite sure i I think it was that people reported seeing something, but I'm not positive. Oh, maybe. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it so Rupert Friend is recounting the story and he's like, this happened to me when I was a child. So uh, uh, so these two kids were shooting. They, they got a gun. Uh, do you know? Do you remember what kind of gun it was? Do you remember the like a small rifle? I think it's maybe a. 22, 22 or like a 223 oh yeah yeah oh yeah you can fuck someone up with a 22 i used to shoot 22s i mean for biathlon you could do yeah it. it's it's not a powerful gun but you could certainly injure or maybe even kill someone if you yeah. shot them in the right place exactly yeah. yeah so yeah they're they're shooting birds mm-hmm. um and then they as they're shooting, these kids sound very good at shooting birds they kill like 14 birds yeah dude i'm like damn kids back then were different i know i know that's pretty good shooting that's, that's a good day of hunting it sounds so fun to just shoot yeah. birds hell yeah yeah as a kid as a kid growing up in england 
yeah just shooting birds just sadistically bullying people and shooting birds <laughs> what a what a time to be alive <laughs> truly oh man the glory days but yeah so like then they find this like nerd from their school and they hold him up at gunpoint and they take his binoculars i believe right yeah 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 because he was i guess bird watching yeah because he loves birds that's um, funny there are two types of kids bird watchers and bird killers <laughs> yes which one are you folks yeah yeah me and Max used to have, did try to make a potato cannon. That does not surprise me. Yeah. But you didn't succeed. We, you tried. Well, he bought all the shit. Huh. And then, like, it was, like, hundreds of dollars of materials, oh, wow. like, PVC pipes Holy shit. and shit like this. And, like, and then the next day, I'm like, well, let's, let's go make this cannon. And he was like, and he had the the morning the morning after regrets he was like oh fuck man no nah, i gotta return this stuff i can't do this <laughs> wait how old were you we were like i don't know grade six so like so you know, wait, a couple hundred bucks was still like a lot of money oh i was about to say was this like all his money yes because oh, he wow. wanted to do this and i was like wow, just so he would have yeah had scrammed together a lot of money at that point and i didn't give a shit but i was like fuck it like i'll see yeah. this, i'll see this through was it any of your money no no oh wow because i was i didn't care i, I just right. i was just along for the ride right um and then the next and i was like yo let's you know let, let's do this put the shit together i was gonna help him and stuff. yeah and he was like ah nah fuck it like i'm just gonna return it <laughs> so okay imagine yourself as a parent your grade six kid comes home home hardware bags full of like pvc pipe and all this shit <laughs> at what point are you like um oh man what's the end game here <laughs> where were the parents at uh, yeah no you're you're not wrong to, to, to have. but i mean i think the desire to build that does show a certain kind of like intelligence no he was very resourceful and, yeah and like uh yeah he had he had a curiosity about right. him and insatiable you, curiosity for progress he was like you, oppenheimer dude he was like, <laughs> he was like <laughs> theory can only take us so far we need to build it he went i would argue he went a little too soon to practice <laughs> yeah he should have spent a little more time mm, in theory more time in the lab before doing the <laughs> trinity test yeah that's so funny. Yeah, dude. We were going to go out in Deer Lake like it was fucking Los Alamos. Test that Whoa. shit out. Shoot I, it. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Where was the testing going to The happen? testing grounds, yeah. yeah. Deer Lake. We're gonna... Deer Lake. Yeah. Okay. That's where we were going to drop it. Um. Okay, so they... Yeah, the bullies... Uh, what's the guy's name? Peter Weston or something? I... The nerd, the victim. Oh, that sounds right. Because uh, he's often referred to by his full name. I just watched this hours ago, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't recall, but yeah, that sounds right. Um, so the bullies are tying him up. He's getting pretty kinky. He's like a captive. Mm -hmm. uh, he's put on railroad tracks for a train to go directly over him. And he manages to like... Uh burrow his the back of his head so far into the gravel that like he, it, like yeah the train can clear him and this is an insane children's story so i thought when i saw this that the story they were just gonna leave him there and then trains would just keep running over him all day oh wow <laughs> and something was gonna happen out of that oh wow. which i thought could be a cool short story right. in and of itself just like all, spending all day tied up by the railroad tracks like trains just right just running over you um, yeah, because I was wondering, like, is someone going to come and save him? Is someone going to intervene? Yeah. But apparently in this world, nobody saves you when you're a kid. Just fucked up shit happens. Yes, yes. But yeah, this is such a trope of like so many like Pink Floyd, Morrissey. So many people write about how much they hated school. Yeah, I feel like that's such a 
uh, a motif of yeah. British writers is how how much school sucked, how much you get bullied, how much teachers bully you. Right. Um, it it seems like a rather harsh, lawless environment. Yeah, man. Yeah, the headmasters. You know, it's like a juice bar lineup. Nobody knows what's going on, but the strong assert themselves. <laughs> Um, oh shit yeah so he survives this one thing and then they're like okay we're gonna make you do something else so they make him climb a tree first they kill a swan yes and then make oh, him sorry, yes. in like in the middle of a lake make yeah. him swim out to get yes, the dead yes. swan um and then they clip the wings of the swan put the wing tie the wings on yes. him make him climb a tree and then tell him to jump off and fly like and a they swan. start to shoot at him yeah to like make him jump and he ends up like falling basically and this is uh this is an interesting part because then they go to the narrator who's like roll doll essentially who goes like yeah i've seen these people like uh there are two kinds of people like there's people who like crumble under pressure and then there's people during battle they don't give up like they right. they, they they just go yeah um and peter is the type of dude that just goes he survives like he he clings to you know yeah, like, like, like he'll do anything to survive, basically. And basically, he becomes some sort of giant swan and starts flying. And which is where towns it gets sort of... people are reporting that they see something in the sky. Yeah. And the story ends with, I guess, his mother finding kind of his crumpled body saying, like, what happened to you? Because he crash lands in like their backyard. And that's it. That's that, the story. And that's so. It. And of course, symbolically, <laughs> symbolically, um, it is easy to read this as like, well, this was a kid who jumped off a tree with swan wings because he got bullied up there and fucking died. Um, I guess the other way to read this would be like, <laughs> wait, he, you just said symbolically, and then you described literally what happens in this story. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he he's he he's I, technically alive at the end, right? Well, I was going to and say, he, but he flies. So, what is the symbolism of flying? I guess right. perhaps it's death i mean i don't know i was going to say what is the the symbol of the swan does it represent rebirth does it represent mm. beauty does it represent fragility i don't really know hmm. i didn't have time to do my english ap english 10 homework before this <laughs> uh, also transformation right transformation is, yeah it's a big one and i think transformation is probably what it's yeah for. and also and trans damn i'm smart on this episode dude. <laughs> i feel smart on this one once i explain symbolism to you dude i got jealous when you were talking baudrillard last episode <laughs> that's my, my time now dude you've been covering your apartment walls and notes <laughs> i've been training <laughs> training montage picturing florence Pugh. <laughs> dude aren't we all yeah but yeah so he yeah so yeah and then transformation obviously is like death like you can connect that to death mm -hmm. as well because death is in itself a transformation but um i guess you could also interpret it as like transformation from boy to man mm. like this is what makes him a man this is what, what makes if him strong your son were a swan <laughs> <laughs> well if your son listened to the band swans <laughs> That would be the most twisted transformation. My PVC. life got pretty twisted when I got into swans. What if your son bought a bunch of PVC pipes and listened <laughs> yeah. to the band Swans? Did I tell you I saw swans in what? Vancouver oh, back okay. in like 2015? Oh, you did, yeah. They were playing at... It was a weird venue for them. It was like an actual nightclub oh, yeah. that had a crazy sound system. And was, it was it like, like Fortune the... Sound Club or something? No, it was somewhere in Granville, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, like it was a bigger venue than That's Fortune. cool. But that's awesome. It wasn't a huge venue by any means, and it was that rules like oppressively loud. 
that's awesome. it was insane that's awesome looking back i'm like why did i not think to bring earplugs to that because now i'm a nerd when i go to concerts i bring earplugs. no way do yeah. you oh yeah i've never seen this before wow wait you've never seen anyone like where no i haven't oh maybe i haven't noticed Dude, that's because you go to bitch ass concerts like Ed Sheeran. Shut up, dude. I go to like metal and noise shows. That's dude. true. That, that is true. <laughs> I, I do go to like bitch ass indie artists. Well, also, I think if you're going to like a stadium show, yeah. maybe it's less important than that if you're too. like no, I, <laughs> seeing a black metal band at the rickshaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I go to small venues. I go to oh, okay. tons of small venues, okay. but I always go to like, it's like Mitski. Mm. You know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Julian Baker. Like they're not loud. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Really? Their demographic can't handle a blasting wall of noise, <laughs> discordant noise? That shocks me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My ears would need anal training, dude. <laughs> Sorry. God. Sorry to bring it back to that. This season of the podcast is done. Holy shit. We're shutting down the pod. This may be a finale. No, uh, it's not. Don't worry, guys. Um, We're only just starting. We're no. cooking. We're cooking, dude. This episode's cooking. cooking. Yeah. Um, okay, so two out of four stories done yeah wait what were we talking about before that oh i was talking about I had, a, I had a great i had a, had a great brain blast though what do, what do you think about my brain blast of tr the transformation of this experience is him becoming a man this makes i him, i like that reading this makes him a because he talks about like resilient people mm -hmm. in wartime surviving yeah and, and so i think this makes him resilient mm -hmm. makes him rupert friend yeah right at the end yeah that's, I, that's my reading okay this is my official reading yes. of this story I, I agree with that reading. I think it's meant to be a transformative experience that takes him away from boyhood and innocence and into adulthood. I, I think what happened is he falls off the tree, crawls home with the swan's wings, and his mom like sees him in the backyard. I think within the story, he literally does become some kind of creature in order to survive that situation. I like it too. I like it too. But I guess I'm viewing it in the context of the other stories, which three out of the four involve weird shit yes because <laughs> the last story in this is just everything in it could literally happen yeah yeah the yeah. other ones are more literal yeah um let's talk about the rat catcher yes this one was twisted dude dude i was in and the, I, I was in the rat trap i i fucking rat trap i think <laughs> shout out to the though yeah. uh i think i've said this on pod Fort. i do like it when a horror story or like a scary story doesn't belabor the point of like it's this extended metaphor for yes. blah 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 it's like what if something terrifying happened yes <laughs> dude i i i read this short story once about uh, uh it was like on some random website i i sent a story into that website that didn't get published but it was like it was a story about a kindergarten teacher who one of their students loses a tooth you yeah. know a kindergarten teacher will like put it in a little box yeah. and stuff teacher takes the tooth you think it's about they're about to go and put it in a box just eats the tooth whoa the whole class sees this they just start screaming they just go crazy teacher just walks away and it's like this teacher does this like that's really disturbing yeah it, yeah i love those kinds of that's stories. simple but disturbing exactly yeah. there's no there's no point there's no purpose it's just this completely out of pocket thing that yeah. happens and it's just a great story the the the, the rat catcher is yeah. a bit like this i love the part where it's like of course, you always have to keep a rat on you. Yeah. He just has rats in his pocket. Where would you? I dude, my favorite part was when he makes the rat and the ferret fight inside his shirt. Yeah, that's and it's like the wild. detail of like the shirt was tucked in, so like yeah. they couldn't get out from underneath. It's like yeah. such a small detail, but it's like yeah, that's of course. Insane. How would this work if this was to really happen? It's like yeah. you need some sort of. You, they couldn't fall down. You need a belt. Yeah, 
Dude, he makes the 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 fucking podtagon in his shirt. He does. Crazy. He makes hell in a cell. So Ray Fiends is the rat, the titular rat catcher. Um, right? Wait, isn't it Ray Fiends? No, I thought it was Ben Kingsley. Oh, was it? Ben? I thought it was Ray. Pretty Fiends. sure it was. That's it. Okay, you keep. This going. is an embarrassing detail for the podcast, folks. Dude, you're I know to... you guys hold us to a high degree of journalism. Pat, you're about to get bodied. I think. Hold uh-huh. on. Hold on. Oh, yeah, I think him, you man. are correct. Yeah. Whoops. Dude, he's he's the yeah. rat man. He, yeah, I uh okay. Podcast resume. Okay. Now. We okay, it is in fact Ray Fiends. I do like yeah. Whoops. Um I do like how the character is not named beyond the rat man. The rat man. And it's like such a simple yet disturbing phrase yes yes you're right the rat man and he sort of described he sort of personifies a rat he is he has become rat he's destroyer of worlds he is like the way his footsteps on the gravel don't make any noise and how he sort of slinks and yeah he's kind of shifty yes um wait is this a metaphor for uh, this is an anti-semitic yeah, story who, who is Roald Dahl trying to describe is this here? like the goblins in harry potter oh um, no now i'm rereading this story okay not not to defend jk rowling's transphobia isn't there uh isn't there a long history in fantasy of goblins being like the bankers or whatever I don't think she created that concept. Did I, she? I feel like I've seen that in other media. Um, but no, I, I don't know. Maybe it's I all a dog whistle. But yeah, it might, be, I, it might be. You know, when people point to that, it's like, I'm sure I've seen this in other places, too. I don't yeah. know if that solely came from her imagination. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. But uh, the, the rat man, he, <laughs> he's just like an exterminator. A very... <laughs> creepy exterminator who wants to talk a lot about the philosophy of exterminating <laughs> that's right that's right dude this kind of made me think about uh <laughs> a carpet cleaner in this condo who is like going into way too much detail about like everything to do with carpets and it's like i don't care just like figure it out <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun it is funny when you like call in a person to do a job and they just start explaining everything about it to that's you it's hilarious. like i don't need this level of detail. i've never had that happen but i feel like i'd be intrigued by that yeah yeah when i meet people that'd be like, like a that, pod, that'd be like a free podcast when i meet people like that i also do kind of like enjoy getting them going a bit yeah like, oh, tell me more what about this what yes. about this yeah so yes. i feel like i would really keep talking to the rat man yes, yes, yes. <laughs> i'd be into it <laughs> keep them talking like like you're trying to uh triangulate, triangulate the <laughs> yeah. signal where where the call coming from yeah. yeah yeah so the rat man comes to take care of a rat problem at a um is it a, a petrol station i believe so yeah petrol? most of the exterior stuff is outside of petrol station <laughs> yeah did you like how they said um motor car as yes, well in I the first enjoy, episode i did enjoy that like, what other kind of car would there be i want to start calling car Britain's so silly my car and motor car yeah, but yeah what other kind of car <laughs> i guess there's a like a like a like don't they say like a town car and things like that? Like right. A, well, that's a model of uh, a model. Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I think. Motor car. I feel like there's another kind of motor car. car. I don't know. I don't know. Don't all cars have motors? Yeah. It's, it's mechanics right in. Please do. We so- know this podcast is being listened to a lot of like mechanic, like auto body <laughs> repair shops. <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of uh, rugged blue collar guys listen to this. A lot of just like, yeah, fob Persian dudes. Yeah. In a garage. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, they with the handling PVC piping. Yeah. This kind of stuff. Yeah. So the rat man comes and he, yeah, as you say, he, uh, what, what's the word? He, he philosophizes. He basically does a classic, like you have to know your enemy to defeat your enemy. So it's kind of like, yes, he understands how a rat's mind works. And he's talking about like, you fill bags with, um, I think it was called plaster of Paris, like this dry material. And as soon as a rat eats it, it expands in their insides yeah. when it's exposed to like moisture. Yeah. So it kills them in his words, like as quick as anything possible. Crazy. Now I would argue if you shoot a rat, it's going to kill it quicker than the plaster of Paris thing. Uh, but yes, I mean, that's an inefficient way to do it. Yes. Um, this also made me think about when my old work was having a mouse problem for a while. <laughs> right. And how <laughs> you wrote a poem about this. Yeah. No, no, no. You wrote a poem about the spider. Yes. You haven't read. You wrote. You did write something. I wrote about a the sequence rat, though, in my yeah. book where the main character is kind of tasked with eliminating a mouse in his office, right. and then he right. takes relish in stomping it to death when he finds it in a trap, which is what I wanted to do, because like my female coworkers would arrive like a little bit after me because I was a grind set hustler. Yeah, man. And carrying uh, the boats. Yeah, I was carrying the boats. And they'd be like, oh, my God, like, did you check the traps? We can't even look. And it's like, guys, like, yes. But I, I kept antagonizing them by being like, oh, I can't wait. I hope a mouse is here when I show up tomorrow. They're like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? I'm like, stomp it and kill it. Like, what do you mean? I'm, what am I going to do? Curb stomp it. Yeah, no, I was hoping to like brawl in cell block 99, kill it. Dude, but you were the rat man. <laughs> but it was so weird because we had all these mouse traps and it would have like little footprints across some of the glue traps so it would be interesting like the little peanut butter thing uh, that smells and there would be footprints whoa. and there'd be droppings like on or near my keyboard but we never caught the mouse and eventually it just wasn't an issue anymore wow it was just memories of mice it was just memories but i really wanted the thrill of catching the enemy and killing the enemy at close quarters yes so some days i'm even like Maybe I'll just wear boots to work today in case I have to fucking stomp this bitch. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Some Tims stomping a mouse in Tims. I guess I was wearing Blunts. Some Tim Burns. But I do have Tims as well. Cool. Could have worn those. Um, let's take a pretty quick break and then we'll come back and talk more about the Rat Man. Yes. Oh, another thing that I explained to my coworkers to antagonize them and gross yeah. them out. You're sensing a the theme here. I like getting rise out of people. Yep. Uh, I explained the idea of a <laughs> you're, rat. You're, you're like roll doll. Yeah, kinda. I'm kind of like the roll doll of my time. <laughs> uh, I explained the idea of a rat king, which is where you tie together the tails of multiple rats yes. and it becomes sort of an entity. Okay, so here's a question for me because I was listening to Jordan B. Peterson on mm -hmm. Theo Vaughn's podcast. And he, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He I saw that saw clip that. too. Yeah. No, that's not. He's explaining something different. Because he talks about actually quite interesting too, where they would like put two rats into a pit in the medieval times and make one rat eat the other rat. Or was he even saying they'd put multiples in and keep doing that until like, and there would be one rat who was definitively the best who's killed all the other ones. Yeah, and then they would send it out. Of town. And that was the Rat King. I don't know. Maybe that's I've a never... historical Rat King. But that's not what Rat King is today. I think the Russian coma benzo withdrawal took a toll on our boy. I don't think that's the definition of Rat King that's widely accepted. Yes. yes. I've only ever heard. I think there was a Terry Pratchett book about Rat Kings that I read once. What? Yeah. <laughs> read a whole book about Rat Kings? Or it was a prominent part of the book, at oh, least. Interesting. 
but yeah, it's when you tie the tails together, yeah. which I believe or they that, get tangled together. Yeah, I think it sewers. can also happen. You can either be sadistic and do it, or it can happen in nature somehow. Like dreadlocks. Yeah. It just gets tied together. Right. <laughs> now I'm imagining a scene of like rats who have their tails tied together. Uh, like trying to explain to their parents their new lifestyle. <laughs> And the parents are like, it's a sin. You can't do that. Yeah, I'm part of a rat king now. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to explain, I'm actually Polly and I'm dating all these people. <laughs> and parents are like, what? I'm a rat king now. <laughs> there are a lot of us. We all get along. <laughs> Back in my day, a rat king was something different. Yeah. That's what we ate. I hope people don't find that offensive. Like, I don't care if people are Polly or not. I'm sure they. Yeah. That also nobody is listening this far into the podcast anyway <laughs> no for sure yeah for sure um unless they are dude unless we've we've riveted them maybe we've completely enthralled them this episode well you know, which some, i think we might have some people are working long days at the mechanics exactly so. exactly um, let's bring it home yes yeah, so he does a couple demonstrations basically <laughs> of his rat killing prowess one of which as you were saying earlier Involves pitting a ferret against a rat inside of his garments. So sick. That's so Now sick. I'm trying to think, like, what would be the best brand of clothing say, to oh, wear? I was going to say, what two pairings of rats could you... Would you make fight in your shirt if you had to? Like, Jean... Wait. Like, two, like if you had to have two animals fight inside oh. your shirt, which two animals would you choose? And also, which brand of clothing would be the right. best? That's a great question. Banana Republic, Old Navy, or The Gap? Oh, I was going to say, like, maybe a big, like, Vetmont's type outfit or, like, oh. some super oversized Balenci. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, was, yeah. I think out of Banana Republic. Or do you Republic, want it, the clothing to be as tight as possible? Right. I'd wear I'd wear a rhinestone Ed Hardy t-shirt, skin tight. Right. That'd be good. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, I guess it depends on what kind of fight you're looking for, right? Like, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on the type of... Yeah. Um match you're hoping to get mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's one of his demos the other is to he takes a rat one of several rats he appears to have on him just a living rat out of a pocket and ties its legs or ties it to a surface the top of a gas pump because originally he's saying like i need a table and they're like you're not going in the station he's like, okay <laughs> then on top of a pump and he says like I'm going to make you a bet that I can kill this rat without no using hands. my hands. Look, mom, no hands. Yeah. And uh, they bet him and he ends up fucking munching it, dude. So basically <laughs> he munches it to death. It's even a bit more than that. It, isn't he described as kind of going through like a grotesque physical transformation? Though? Yes. Like it almost appears like it's he almost like rat. he becomes some sort of monster. Yeah. And Deb Patel is saying like after, you know, and they they kind of visualize it in a very scary way yes. as well. Kind of and Deb Patel is basically saying, like, I had to look away. So he didn't even really see the entirety of what was happening. But he just spits out blood afterwards. Yeah. And the other. And then he says, dead. that's what they make licorice from. <laughs> yeah. So gross. I love that detail. It's so sick. That's incredible. It's Imagine licorice. being a kid. That would gross you out so much. Dude. Yeah. That would make me hate licorice. Oh, my God. I, I love that. That is so funny because, like, it is common for kids to, like, hate black licorice. Yeah. To be like, still well, it. you know why? Call me childish. I still hate it. You're not wrong to hate it. It's made out of. Call me childish Gambino, but I still can't stand it. I love it, man. But you like, uh, don't you like absinthe? Absinthe is kind of licorice -y. Anise? I guess. 
I mean, I probably had absinthe like a total of four times in my life. So I remember you and I had some uh, French. Remember that, uh, like the drip, the slow drip absinthe. Yes. Yeah. We were on our Johnny Depp from hell type. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the old prohibition. I wish we could have done it in a legit opium den. I know. It's so fun. I know. But yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to all the good opium dens? Dude, I know. (laughs) That's okay. Here. We got to bring. Maybe this will be a fuck it. I don't care about offending people. The, my solution to the downtown east side is to bring back opium dens yes and get all the people on the street hooked on opiates just being a nice den you yep. know like out of the public eye yeah we'll clean up the streets yes yeah we'll just provide some high quality opium high quality dens you could make your den into an opium den i could um but it, yeah i think that's a good but then didn't like like for example in in china right when when the brits brought opium to to china to try and I don't know. Slow them down. I don't know what they were trying, it was, trying to do. I forget how opium the, yeah, came the, to be or who was putting the, it into the, like what country. The Brits introduced it to China. And mm. then I believe they revolted in the Boxer Rebellion. Oh. I thought. So do you think like, dude, so that's that's you're playing with fire there because, you know, the, the homeless may just revolt right. and start taking up boxing. Well, I think also like opium, heroin, like it's all derived from the same poppies. But I feel like the maybe the process to make heroin is cheaper and easier to do because as far as I understand, nobody is doing opium anymore or it would be very uncommon. Yeah. In most places in the world. Definitely. Definitely. And Um, actually a lot of places now you can't find heroin. You can only find fentanyl. So that's true. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's my solution to the drug crisis. Bring opium back. Make some dens. Maybe charge like a small annual membership. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was just thinking about when you said no one listens to the end of the podcast. Like, yeah, we could just literally. So like put secret messages. In. I remember one time like my my friend like submitted some socials homework. That was like he just wrote over and over like all work and no play makes Jack and dull boy type shit. Like <laughs> my name is Jamie. Jamie is my name. My, my name, name is Jamie. Is Jamie is my name. Yeah. Slim shady. Slim Jamie. And, uh, and he handed that in and he got back. He got back like perfect results. Like, like what? the teacher didn't oh read whatsoever. God. It'd be so funny. No. If, if the, if like after the minute, like the hour and a half mark, our podcast just becomes like, my name is George. Yeah. George <laughs> is my name. My name is George. George we is have my repetitive name. messages to program our listeners. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are feeling very sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> you will not vote for Trudeau. It, we just become, uh, was that Elsa, Elsa, Gate? Elsa gate. Yeah. yeah. I've been looking at more Elsa Gate stuff since yeah? we talked about ooh, it. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I also have an idea for a story, and um, oh, that's right. I want, I want the main character to be obsessed with some of these conspiracies and doing a lot of his like own research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's just say that. Own research. Um. Okay. So basically, that's kind of like the end of this story, right? It's so funny. The idea of own research isn't all research own your own research. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but just the connotation of if doing you, your yeah. own research. I mean, well, isn't I would it? argue you could be looking at research materials other people have produced and not going beyond that or trying to draw your own conclusions. 
Like, right. wouldn't that just be reading somebody else's research? But isn't you? but isn't all research someone else's research? Right. Well, like, unless you're like you're when I guess it depends on if you're the guy in the lab designing. You are the guy in the lab, right? But then when you're researching, it sounds like the rat man did a lot of his own research. <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah. Oh, but I love the ending of the story, which we didn't talk about. So basically, he he leaves, and he actually failed to kill these rats because so he 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 put a deadly so it's this haystack he traces mm-hmm. all these rats to, yeah. um, which is like a few meters away from the petrol pump um and he tries to put some poisonous oats around yeah. the haystack which like always attracts rats and they always eat it and fucking die but the rats don't die so he fails at his job and so after he launches this rat he just walks away um but at the end um he sort of leaves us with this question of like or uh, of like why didn't the rats eat the oats like they always eat the oats but it didn't work this time why didn't it work and uh, the the dudes at the petrol pump are like, yeah, I wonder, like, I guess they, they must be munching something even tastier um, in that haystack. Mm. And I don't know if you noticed this, but you see some missing posters behind them. So the con- the insinuation, I believe the director or the author, I'm not sure if this was in the story or not, uh, because this isn't narrated, right. um, was trying to make is that there's a dead body in that haystack from like one of these missing people that the rats, right, that the right. rats are munching. Oh. Yeah, and that was like I feel like I was looking at my phone, probably texting you during this, so I actually (laughs) missed that. I really like that as uh, as an ending. Yes, yeah. So I really that's yeah, I really like that ending, and I I'm curious as to whether that was in the story Mm. because it wasn't. I'm narrating. Willing to bet it was in the source material. Willing to bet. It seems. I I'd be willing to bet very few liberties were taken with the overall narrative of these stories yeah i'm I'm interested though i I think i might want to read some of these Mm -hmm. yeah but uh should we go to the next one yeah the last one actually poison so okay i sent you last night a description where it's like benedict cumberbatch plays a cold-blooded racist (laughs) so the whole time i was watching this i'm like when's the cold-blooded racism gonna come out Uh uh (laughs) so this is even when he calls ben kingsley like you fucking dirty swine Uh, well you're like when's the cold-blooded racism coming (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that also makes me think like wait can he be a hot-blooded racist is Uh, all racism cold-blooded a reptile yeah true reptile. oh the movie reptile also came out we gotta watch that one yes we do that's your yeah, maybe that's uh, next, we have to watch maybe more, that's next week we have to watch more stupid black mirror dude yeah we should do that too what if you're telly um <laughs> okay so what if you thought a poisonous snake was in your bed uh yeah so fucking uh benny benny come does believe this it's a trouser snake folks it's... he truly thinks he has a trouser snake yes what if it was an elaborate ruse to get people to feel his dick <laughs> <laughs> to get deb patel to, yeah to feel him up yeah um, he, I guess they're, so they're, uh, I guess they're soldiers in like an army barracks. Yes. And, uh, so it's, he calls over. So Harry is his name and in, in the story and, uh, he's just lying still and he calls Dev Patel over like his homie. Um, and he's like, yo, like, and he, he's basically trying not to move. He's, he's, he's whispering, um, he's being all secretive, like Lil Wayne in the song I'm single. And less uh, sexy though. Less sexy though. And he's going like, dog, like I got a snake. Um got a in my snake trousers. in my boot. Yeah. And uh, you know, you gotta do something to help me. Yeah. Um and Dev Patel calls up a doctor, Ben Kingsley. Yes. Um, who is I guess so we sort of re- figure this out more so towards the end, but I guess they're in like colonial India. 
Is that, yes. Am I correct? And Ben I Kingsley is, I believe, so. ethnically Indian. I right? believe so. Right? Let me, let me do a little research on that. But yeah, um, so they called the doctor over. Let's put it this way. I feel like at this point, Netflix is not going to take too many liberties with casting people not the ethnicity of the character they're supposed to be playing. Yeah. I think Netflix wants to be pretty above board. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was born... Oh, fucking Ben Kingsley was born Krishna Pandit Banji. Huh. Um, so he's ethnically Indian. Okay. Interesting. Dude, I love Ben Kingsley. If you haven't seen the movie Sexy Beast, you've got to watch it. got to watch it's it. It's one you've... of my favorite performances, his character in that movie. You've told me about it, He's yeah. such a distinct psycho in that. <laughs> Kingsley's paternal grandfather, Harji Banji, was a successful sp- uh, spice trader. I'm not being oh. racist. That really was his name. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't implying. <laughs> uh, successful spice trader who had moved from India to the Sultanate of Zanzibar. Huh. Crazy, dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So he calls up Kingsley, who comes over to uh, extricate, ex- ex- extraction the snake from the trousers. <laughs> Uh, what if they had just called the rat catch the rat man <laughs> the trow serpent oh, yeah they called the rat man too who would have like put a ferret into the bed to kill the snake <laughs> make them fight yeah <laughs> it's like i'm just the thing for this dude so so he ends up putting a bunch of like chloroform on the mm-hmm. trow on the trow serpent yeah he basically soaks the bed underneath benedict cumberbatch with chloroform because he's saying like it's going to feel like you're laying in something very cold. So just stay perfectly still. Yeah. So and he does it with kind of like a funnel hose <laughs> contraption. Yeah. A PVC pipe. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess the idea is that he's trying to put the snake to sleep, right? Yeah. And he's got some anti-venom at the ready in case, it, yes. in case it bites him. So this is a very deadly snake, obviously. One, it's a one kite, bite. I think they're calling it. One bite reviews. One bite can kill you. K-A-I-T. K-A-I-T. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Reviews. <laughs> there's a real dave portnoy in the bed <laughs> oh yes there is yeah. yes there is um, no, misogynist yeah <laughs> it's crazy that roald dahl modeled this character on dave portnoy <laughs> not many people know that it is crazy um <laughs> and uh yeah you and benedict going. cumberpatch's henry sugar character on e- uh not elon musk uh, jeff bezos it yeah seems like yeah pretty crazy Just empty and rich yeah but yeah so he uh he does all this and then finally with like a lot of build-up they end up uncover you know pulling the covers back and, and his cock is just out it's crazy <laughs> and he's just stroking it up yeah. and down up and down he has a an automated penis pump stroking him off <laughs> no <laughs> folks we goof around but that's not what's happening okay? yeah yeah uh being goofballs bandit cumberbatch freaks out they think he's been bitten. You know, he's dancing around on the bed. He goes still. Folks, there never was a snake. Yeah, there was no snake. There was no snake. There is no spoon. Yeah. Um. So this whole thing has just been a delusion or a paranoia that he has. Yeah. And then Ben Kingsley tries to suggest kind of gently, like, maybe it was a bad dream that you had, you know, like, yeah, it's not like Ben Kingsley is like, you waste my time. You're crazy. You yeah. know, he tries to defuse the situation. Yeah. Like he's being nice. Yeah. No, he's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Benedict Cumberbatch becomes a cold blooded racist. <laughs> yes. Basically saying, like, are you accusing me of being a liar? He starts attacking Ben Kingsley for being Indian. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, which, uh, which I think he didn't actually explicitly say anything. Did he actually say anything like explicitly yeah, he racist? Did. Yeah, he, he did. said something. Yeah, he calls him like brown. Oh, he does. And he, yes. he has a whole tirade. About, he says like, brown. Yeah, he says. And I think he I says was, Bengali just, as well. Oh, he does say yeah. Bengali. Yes, yes. So yes. it seems like his his poison being directed at Ben Kingsley is very much predicated upon race as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't even realize the double entendre of poison. Yeah. Good. Well, you don't know about symbolism, so <laughs> I'll walk you through it, man. I'll walk you through it. <laughs> so yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch just has this meltdown, basically, and Dev Patel outside in the car is kind of trying to smooth things over a bit with Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Basically saying, like, hey, you did nothing wrong. Like, you were in the right. Like, you shouldn't have said all that. Yeah. Like, And I think he says something along the lines of, like, I'm sure he feels bad or something. Um, and then Ben Kingsley goes like, no, he doesn't fucking feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and what's the phrasing of the, the ending? I, I, there was something interesting about the phrasing. Um, I don't know. He says something along the lines of like, sorry. And then he goes like, you're not sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. I think. Am I out yeah. of pocket here? I think that's what he says. I think so. And so what was what was your reading of that? Was that sort of like, you're not fucking sorry. Like, you guys were fucking soldiers, like, uh, colon- mm. colonizing our land. Um, I'm guessing this was like an anti-colonial story. It's my, is my reading of it. I think so. And so, he's, yeah. It's basically like, you guys are being, yeah, like, dude, you know. Um, what you're, it, it, basically, you're left with like, yeah, life for the colonized fucking sucks these fucking soldiers are just like taking advantage of the locals and like treating them like garbage yeah i would say so um and none of you actually like give a fuck about, yeah i would about us yeah i mean you could say like oh dev patel is kind of becoming complicit in these attitudes although he's um, being like the nice guy in the story yeah. he's still complicit yeah was sort of my reading of it yeah i think so yeah it's a good story it's very un uh what's the wording under uh understated 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 story this was probably i enjoyed it it was probably my least favorite yeah i'd say so maybe because it's the only one that didn't have magical realism yes (laughs) um but yeah i definitely enjoyed it um yeah it rounds out this collection of four stories yeah highly recommend yeah they're all definite definite thumbs up a chill from me big chill the yeah. big chill uh kill bill the big chill um chill bill there was a song called chill bill right wasn't that one where they used the whistling and they looped it it was like wait wait where it, there was a, there what was, are you talking about there was like you know the the whistling and kill bill yeah yeah um and then it's like uh i think they looped it um and they made a rap song out of it who's that chill <laughs> I'm like the, I the Biden administration. <laughs> they the libs are looping the kill bill. BlackRock, dude. <laughs> Barisma. Uh, they, dude. The fucking the United Nations. Klaus George, Schwab. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I've never heard this song. I don't know, man. Some rapper. I'll show you after. Okay. It's kind of a good. Okay. Track. It's kind of a good. Track. Nice, I think nice. it's. I think it's called Chill Bill. Right. It's kind of fun. Anyway, because you did show me the SZA song Kill Bill. That's right. Yeah. When she talks about killing her. I'm like, but wait, this is a whole separate thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So I think for next week, we're going to do the first two episodes, or sorry, episode three and four of mm. the newest Black Mirror season. Yes. 
Um, so feel free to watch along with us. Yeah. Book club style. Yeah. Book club, but don't steal any of our observations. Yeah. Don't you, don't you dare. <laughs> we definitely have a firm grasp of which actors are playing which people, what the message is. Symbolism. We're, we're really on the ball. <laughs> uh, Baudrillard. Yeah. Yeah. We know our style. We're in a hyper reality, folks. Yeah. Do you think people will, like repeat things that we say on this pod? What a what a God! I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. And like, yeah. Do you think people repeat things we say and try and sound smart around people? Some of the facts we drop. Mm. That'd be funny. That would yeah. That would be very funny. I. That would be so funny to be at like a party. I heard it on a podcast. <laughs> or even better, it would be funny to be at a party full of people and then just overhear a conversation like someone trying to impress a woman like. Yeah, I actually think that, and then they <laughs> quote us directly from the podcast. There's no attribution of the quote. <laughs> I think Lil Wade sounds secretive and sexy yeah. on the song. You know, I'm single. I actually really, I, there's this Lil Wayne song. You should come up to my room and listen to it. He's just like so secretive, you know? He's like <laughs> coy and secretive. <laughs> it's so elusive. That's... I'd have to like fire a gun in the air to disperse <laughs> the entire party. I call the police on that party to get everybody out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, there ain't no way this is happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit ain't nothing to me, man. <laughs> I'm moving different. Yeah. Shit ain't nothing to me, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Where's the fourth flow? Release the fourth flow. Dude, I need another Dracula flow. Yeah. People have done shit where they take like Dracula flow and put music in the background. Yeah. And every time I see one of those, I get excited thinking it's going to be a new Dracula yeah. flow, yeah. but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Because the thumbnails are all virtually identical. Yeah. Yeah. The old guy with the Sharpie Dawn hairline. Yeah. Speaking of moving different, I think I am going to go cop some weed. And then we can edit the episode together. Going to go have a bowel movement. A different type of bowel movement. Wait, what? At home. I'm just going to go move different, have a bowel movement. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what the? <laughs> have I had a stroke during this? I'm like, I don't understand anything you're saying. A, All right. a, a bram stroker <laughs> okay we're calling in here that's it, that's it that's it that's it bye okay goodbye <laughs> what is going on uh, uh.